Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Zoe Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are jumping in to a brand new series today called Do You Know Why? Very excited to go through this as a community. As always, thank you to everyone who likes, subscribes, and comments on our podcast, whether you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Music. We love you. We're praying God's best over your life. And as a community, we believe the best is yet to come. Let's jump right in to episode number one. Look at Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says this, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Shout out to the Dodgers and the Lakers in his perfect timing. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. So God, into the garden of your heart, planted a seed, named it eternity. That's why when you hear the gospel, that seed comes to life. When you, when you hear about Jesus, that seed gets water on it. Because you've already been destined with destiny. The, the, the eternity is already in every human's hardwire. And everybody's DNA is destiny, is eternity. Do you know why God put that in you? Because he has a plan for your life. And I love Simon Sinek. If you're not familiar with Simon Sinek, incredible uh, podcaster, incredible author, incredible speaker. Has one of the largest TED Talks that's ever been given. And released a book called Start With Why. And he says, this is where we should start. In fact, in his book, he describes, in his TED Talk, he also describes three rings. He says the first and the most important ring is the why. The second layer is the how, and the last layer is the what. Most of us are more fixated on the last ring, which is the what. Few of us ever get to the how, and many of us have never even considered the why. I want to just encourage you today. In fact, write down number one. It goes in that order. Why, how, what? We live in Los Angeles, so everybody's like, hey, so what do you do? Hey, what is your job? What are you up to? What is your... If you ever go to a party in L.A., the first question you're going to get asked is, so what do you do? So how about you? What, so what are you? You're a rapper? What are you? What do you do? No one's really asking you, how do you do these great things? And no one would ever come to you and say, so... Why do you do that? But God today and throughout this series is going to bring us back to motive. I, I just feel this for many of us. We're going to go back to our intentions. I feel like an Usher lyric just came on me right there from the Holy Spirit. These are my intentions. Just when I thought I said all I could say. I won't do that today. We're going to go back to motives. Back to intentions. Come on, devoted. God is saying to us this year as a church that we are called to be devoted to his word. Well, why would God say that to us? Why would God invite us to study the scriptures for one year? Because when you study the scriptures, the Bible goes back to your why. Look at Hebrews 4.12. Put it on the screen. I love this. It says Hebrews 4.12. It in interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. 
There is not one person who can hide their thoughts from God. For nothing that we do remains a secret, and nothing created is concealed, but everything is exposed and defenseless before his eyes to whom we must render an account. See, God is so good. God will come back and say, so why are you posting that on social media? Are you thirsty? Do you need attention? Why, why do you want to make all that money? Why, why, why do you need to be a success? Why, why, why are you working long hours? Why, why are you going over and above? Why are, why are you doing that project? Why are you trying to get in close with them? Do you want to serve them or do you want to be served and leverage that opportunity? See, what I love about God's word and when you devote your life to the word of God, God starts to deal with the motives and the intentions of the heart. So I just love this because I'm too old. Listen, I'm 42 years old. I got four kids, a minivan, and even a little bit of chest hair now, okay? I'm too old to judge your intentions. I'm too old to judge your motives. It is not my job to look back at you and go, their intentions are all messed up. You know, they're all they're, they're, their motives are all jacked up. No, no, no. It's not my job to judge your motives. But when you get around God, God is going to ask you, why? How come? What, what is that? What is that brokenness in you that has caused your why to get off track? What, what, what is that, that thing in you that needs approval, needs attention, needs money to make you feel great? You need this, that, or the other. No, I want to boil it down and get you back to pure motives and pure intentions. By the way, the perfect model of this is the perfect man himself. His name is Jesus. And Jesus, when he came, Jesus, by the way, wasn't his own idea. Jesus was God's idea. Look, John 3.16, put it on the screen. I know this one by heart. Watched a lot of football. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whomsoever, anybody, any, I don't care where you're from, I don't care how you dress, I don't care how much money you have or don't have, I don't care who you know, I don't care where you live, that whomsoever shall believe in this guy shall not perish but have everlasting life. So God said, I know why I've sent my son. I have sent my son on a mission to save people that don't know hope. I've sent my son not for church people. I've not sent him for the religious. I have sent him for broken, battered people that don't ever think that they got a shot to have a relationship with me. I've sent my son. The Bible says that there was a wall of separation between a perfect holy God and a broken, sinful humanity. He said, I sent my son to break down the wall of separation so now my people, even though they are sinful, have access to the Father. So God says, I want relationship with my people. I want to talk to them. I want to know them. I want to love them. I want to comfort them. But because I am so holy and they are so not, there is no way they can come to me without a perfect sacrifice. So I will send a blameless lamb, my son. I will send the Messiah, the hope of the world. And I will send him on a mission trip and he will reconcile, break down the wall between humanity and a perfect father. And so I know why I'm sending my son. See, see, God knew the why so that when it got hard for his son, he didn't go, oh, no, abort ship. 
This is too difficult. This is too hard. I can't let my baby boy go through this. No, God sent his son on a mission trip. You ever gone on a mission trip? Went to, on a mission trip one time to Mexico, got stuck in an elevator, and never went back. I'm still, still afraid of elevators. Never went back in the elevator. I mean, not Mexico. Of course, my family lives there, so I go to travel there, so, so it's fine. But God sent his son on a mission trip. Jesus, while he was here on earth, knew I'm on a mission trip. I'm not here just to have fun, kick back, sit back. Do you like pina coladas? No, I'm not here for all that. I am here. Watch what he says in Mark. I love Jesus. Mark chapter 1. And when they found Jesus, they exclaimed, everybody's looking for you, Jesus. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee preaching in their synagogues. That is why I have come. He's saying, I got to keep going. Jesus, when he came, he was preaching, teaching, and healing. So he was preaching the good news. He was teaching the good news. And he was healing anyone with sickness or disease. So Jesus knew the why. I've been sent by my father. This was not my idea. This is his idea. And he sent me on a mission trip. And I have come to preach, teach, and heal. I've come to bring and declare the new kingdom of God. I've come to usher in a new era. I've come to say, no, the old is gone and the new has come. I've come to say, as far as the east is from the west, my father is removing your transgressions from you. I don't remember the old covenant. I usher in a new covenant. No longer will a brother teach his brother. Know the Lord. I will write my law on your hearts. It is a new day. It is a new time. And this is why I've come. So Jesus' new mission. Look at this. I love this. In, in Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Jesus lived this beautiful life for 33 years on earth. We see him being born in a manger. We don't see him again until he's 12. When he's 12, he's in the temple asking questions, learning, growing in favor with God and man. We don't see him again until he's 30 years old. He's at a wedding in Cana with his mother there. They run out of wine. All of a sudden, his mom's like, it's your time. He's like, I don't know if it is. He turns water into wine and starts his ministry. For three years, he lives on mission for God, preaching, teaching, healing. He goes into different villages, different synagogues. He heals the blind the deaf, the mute, the lame, the dead. He goes all throughout. He empowers 70. He empowers 120. He gets three people to roll with him. He even has a best friend. He's got disciples. And after three years of ministry, he dies on a cross for the sins of the world. As he's dying on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. When he dies, we know he, he goes to the earth for three days, but after three days, he rose from the grave. He spends a few times with the disciples here on earth, and then after a while, he goes back to the Father where he right now is seated at the right hand, and he's praying for you and I. Jesus knew, I have come for this mission. I am on this earth because God sent me. He didn't just know why he came. He, know, he knew who he came for. See, I just got to encourage you today. Some of you are like, I, I, I want to know why I exist. God's so good. He won't just give you a why. He'll give you a who. That right now in this season, 
who I'm calling you to is the people of your city. Who I'm calling you to is the people of your home. Who I'm calling you to is the people in your connect group. I'll give you a why and I'll even double down. I'll give you a who. I love this. Look at, look at Jesus, Matthew 15, 24. He answered and said, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. I have only, I know why I'm here and I know who I'm here for. Do you know why you're here? Do you know who you're here for? Because God planted eternity in your heart so that when his purpose and his plans get watered in your heart, you realize, oh, my gosh, I am not here for my name and my fame and my bank account and my legacy. I am here for I'm here for them. I'm here to help them and serve them and bless them and love them and help bring deliverance and help bring in hope and how I'm here to be a peacemaker. I'm here to be a, an, a conduit of blessing. I'm here as an ambassador of heaven. I'm here for, for greater things than my car, house, and money. I'm here for greater things than my name and, and press clippings. I, I'm not, in fact, I'm not here even for myself. I'm here. Would you write down number three? I'm here to bring glory to God. You were created. Hear me today. You were created to bring glory to God. The reason why you are in this earth, the reason why you have breath in your lungs is to bring great glory to God. In the same way that Jesus existed, when Jesus was here on earth, he said, I don't want any of the praise. I want all the praise to go to the Father. He said, he said to his disciples, he said, men are going to see your good works in Zoe Cares. They're going to see your good works in Connect Groups. They're going to see your good works at ZLC. They're going to see your good works on the ZST. They're going to see your good works in culture class. And they're going to glorify the Father in heaven. I just want to tell you what you already know. Glory doesn't look good on you. You ever go in front of the mirror and you go, go check yourself out and you're like, that's, my, that's on me. That one's on me. I know I, I, I was a little bit aggressive with that outfit. I got to get something else. I don't look good today. I got to get changed. Listen, glory was never meant to be worn by you. Glory doesn't look good on you. Glory only looks good on God. So don't ever try and wear it. There used to be this, this commercial for shredded, shredded wheat and, 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 and the, uh, frosted shredded wheat, by the way. Not just shredded wheat because shredded wheat is too bland. You got to get the frost on it. You got to get the sugar on it. And, and it had this kid sitting at his dad's, his dad's office, and he's in his dad's suit jacket. And he's like a little, like, 9, 10-year-old. He's just a skinny little kid. And the, and, the, and the jacket's, like, so massive. And he's sitting at his dad's big desk. And, and, the, and the whole spoof is you're not yourself. You can't fully develop until you eat the, you know, frost it shredded many weeks but but the but the point of what i'm trying to tell you is you don't look good in glory people look at you like my man are you are you trying to wear glory glory only looks good on god oh i just love this look at isaiah look at this scripture in isaiah 43 everyone who is called by my name whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. I have made you for my glory. I did not give you this gift. I did not give you this talent. I did not give you these opportunities. I did not give you this favor so you could get glory. I gave you all of these things so I could get great glory from it. The greatest testimony we have on this earth today is a blessed life from the Father. 
Because that doesn't make you look good. That makes God look good. God does not look good. What kind of a king causes his children to starve? What kind of a king causes his kids to constantly be in need? No, the blessed life is a testimony that his face shines upon me. I have created you so that you would know your why on earth so that God can... Listen, when your business takes off, God gets the glory. When your children are doing well, God gets the glory. When your marriage is fulfilled, God gets the glory. When the church sees salvations, God gets the glory. When you start going... Come on, somebody thank God. I'm going to a new level... And it's not for my renown. It's for the glory of God. Oh, I love this Ephesians 1. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first, ha- first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. He had designs on us. For what? What kind of designs did he have on us? For glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. He had designs on you. He drew up these designs. I'm going to give him these personality. I'm going to give him this gift mix. I'm going to give him this beautiful mind. I'm going to give him these relationships. I'm going to put him in this community. I'm going to have him live in this city. Come on, you live in that apartment complex for a reason. You live in that cul-de-sac for a reason. You work in that cubicle for a reason. These are part of God's designs, God's plans, like an architect that would sit down and make designs and make plans and draw it up and say, we're going to put this shrub here and we're going to, we're going to do this retaining wall back here and we're going to put in all this stuff here and and this is going to be the sprinkler system. God sat down with the designs of your life and all these designs were for one reason, for glorious living. You aren't made for selfish living. You aren't made for self-satisfaction. You were created to exist for the glory of God. I just love this. Look at this last one. 1 Corinthians 10 31. So eat your meals heartedly. Not worrying about what others say about you. You're eating to God's glory. After all, not to please them. As a matter of fact, do everything that way. Heartily and freely to God's glory. Do everything that way. Do everything. All your basketball. All your sports. All your work. All your family entertainment. All the conversations around the dinner table. All of your walking. All of your talking. All of your social media. Do everything you do for the glory of God. None of this is for you. None of this is about you. None of this is about your renown. We're not making much of you. Come on, Zoe. Let's get some praise today. I live for the glory of God. Do you you understand why you're so miserable? It's because you've been living for the glory of self. You're sitting there in that big jacket and going, how come I don't, how come I don't feel right? How come I'm not satisfied? How come I, I thought it would be better than this. God says in Isaiah 43, I have built you to give me glory. I have fashioned you with designs for glorious living. I, I, I don't know what you're eating, but everything you do, eat, eat, drink, and be merry for the glory of God. You were made to give God glory. And when you serve, and when you give, and when you love, and when you encourage, and when you bless, and when you take care of your family, and when you walk in great humility, and when you understand, I know why I'm here. Just like Jesus knew why, why he was here, I know why I'm here. I exist on this earth to give glory. Glory to God. 
Come on, clap in the chats if you're excited. I know my why. I know my why. I'm here for God's glory. I'm here for God's praises. And maybe, maybe no one's told you this before. Maybe no one's ever encouraged you with this thought before. I, but I just want to bring this as a new caveat, as a new excitement into your life. Do you realize how much fulfillment you could have if you live for someone bigger than yourself? I'm not trying to be cruel, but I'm just trying to tell you, life is not about you. My parents used to say, um, bro, get over yourself. And it's almost like the Holy Spirit wants to speak loving words of grace. I built you for something better than self. I've built you for something better than adventures and thrills and gimmicks and things that never deliver and Never add up to their promises that they've said they give you. No, no, I've built you to bring glory. Men will see your good works and they'll glorify the heaven. They'll glorify the Father in heaven. Do, do you know how satisfied you'll live when you start living for the glory of God, not for the glory of self? You start going like, well, I, I don't know what it is, but like I'm more excited, I'm more happy, I'm more content, I'm more fulfilled because I'm not living for myself. I'm living for a greater kingdom. I'm living for a greater name. Worship team, come join me. I want to just remind you, write down the last one. Let God remind you of your why. Let God continually remind you of the why of your life. See, because we, we, we lose track. We lose sight. We, we get seduced. We get lured into this temptation to make life about us. And, and, and we get more excited about what we're doing than why we're doing it. And we get frustrated with what, so we focus on how. How can I become a success? How can I make more money? How can I become more famous? How can I get followers? How can I grow faster? How can I change? So it's not just what, it's how. But dare I ever get into the why? God is not here today to teach you how and what. He is boiling it down to why. Why do I make you this way? Why have I favored your life? Why are you so blessed? Why are you so loved? Why are you so celebrated? Why do you have favor? Come on, clap today. If you're grateful, I don't know why things are easy. I don't know why I got a Midas touch. I don't know why I got all these friends. I don't know why I got favor in my job. I don't know why. Do you understand why? God has made you to represent him on the earth. It's like Rick Warren's book that he wrote years ago, The Purpose Driven Life. You will not have passion until you get purpose. But when you get purpose in your life, you wake up early in the morning going, oh, man, I wasn't made to just lay in this bed. I was made with purpose. I was made to give glory to God. I got something on my life. I got something in my heart. And this world is not my home. I'm not a citizen of this planet. I'm going to a greater place. Do you realize the excitement that's going to come over your life when you just get reminded of a why? I don't know what COVID did to you. I don't know what the racial tension did to you. I don't know what a political divide did to you. I don't know what health circumstance did to you. But I feel God reminding you, I have made you to bring glory to my name. Somebody clap and thank him in their house. Somebody give God some praise right now. I know why I'm here. There's a why. There's a why. Do you know why? Somebody's, somebody in their house right now is going like, yes. 
God just whispered in my ear and reminded me. That's why. Some of you are in circumstances right now, and you're like, ah, uh, God, do you see what I'm going through? Do you notice what I'm facing? And God's like, yep, I know exactly why. Daniel's in a lion's den. He's, he's probably in the, the pit going like, um, why did this happen? God's like, hold up. Just you wait. A whole nation's about to get changed, and I'm about to get the glory for your stance. Jonah's in the belly of a whale. He's like, why am I so dumb? God's like, hold on. I'm taking this whale straight to the seashore of where I've called you to go. And out of this whole thing, Nineveh's about to get a revival service. Somebody clap and thank him. Because God always uses what you're in to remind you of your why. Someone's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is this really God? Yeah. God's using what you're in to remind you of why you exist. Reminds me of uh, this great story of this lady named Esther in the Bible. And Esther has become queen. She's become queen of this region. And there's this guy Mordecai that's trying to give her counsel, give her wisdom on what they're about to do because the Jews are about to get taken out. And this guy Mordecai speaks up on behalf of the Jewish people. And he reminds this queen, Queen Esther, he says, I just want to let you know, maybe you don't understand this, if you, don't, if you stay silent right now, you don't recognize why you're there. All of us could die, including your family. Watch what this Mordecai, he's not being mean. Watch what he says. He says, who knows? Maybe you were made queen for such a time as this. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe God made you the queen of Israel so that for such a time as this, great impact could take place. Hear me, single mom. Maybe you're in that home taking care of those children for such a time as this. Maybe God called you to that city for such a time as this. I don't know what you're up against. And I don't know what the opposition looks like. God sent me to remind you he doesn't make mistakes. You are where you are doing what you're doing because God has a plan. And God has planted eternity in your heart. And while you're here on earth, do not live for the glory of man. Jesus, they try and praise Jesus. Like, dang, Jesus, you the man. How do you do it? You walk on water to water in the wine. You crazy good. Feed 50,000. How do you do it? He said, he wouldn't even receive the praise of man. Because that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to get your little feedback. I'm here to bring glory to the Father. Father, I pray today that people all over our church, people across the world will understand their why.